Independent MP Kevin Vuong, a Toronto MP who was booted by the Liberals during the last federal election, is considering a move to the Conservative bench. Decolonization activists at the University of Alberta discussed whether people have to, quote, die off so Canada can achieve equity. The Prime Minister blames social media drivers and conspiracy theorists for Canadians' declining trust in traditional media. Hello Canada, it's Friday, February 23rd, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosman Georgia. And I'm Isaac Lamaru. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Toronto MP booted by the Liberals during the last federal election is considering a move to the Conservative bench. Kevin Vuong was elected in 2021 despite his ejection as the Liberal candidate following details of a withdrawn sexual assault charge from over two years earlier coming to light. He still appeared on the ballots as a Liberal, but went to Parliament as an Independent. In an exclusive interview on The Andrew Lawton Show, Vuong said he would like to join the Conservative caucus and run under Pierre Polyev in the next election. He was named the Liberals candidate in Spadina, Fort York on August 13, 2021, just over a month before the election. His campaign was derailed days before the election when the Toronto Star reported that Vong had been charged with sexual assault in 2019. The charges were withdrawn seven months later, but Vong did not disclose them to the Liberal Party or to the Royal Canadian Navy. Vong has since been critical of the Liberals on numerous occasions since being elected. He has sharply condemned anti-Semitism and accused the Liberals of not doing the same. He was also called for relief on Trudeau's carbon tax. Vong has also supported the Liberal government on key votes, including to support Trudeau's invocation of the Emergencies Act to crack down on the Freedom Convoy in 2022. However, he wrote last month that if he were to go back knowing what he does now, he would likely have opposed it. So Isaac, on one hand, obviously there is an advantage for the Conservatives to take on Vong as an incumbent to that seat incumbents just generally have a bit of a better chance uh, at winning. But I do have concerns personally, especially with some of these votes. I mean, he's since reneged on his Emergencies Act vote, but it, it does show me that during critical uh, moments, this MP, who's a former liberal, decided to support the liberal government on what is arguably one of the most, you know, severe crackdowns on on protesting, you know, essentially bringing in a law that's meant to be for potentially, you know, invasion or, or other extreme circumstances uh, against Canadian citizens. So with this in mind, do you believe Wong would be a good fit for the Conservative Party? Yeah, Cosman, I just want to start off with a brief comment on Wong being dumped by the Liberal Party just days before the federal election for him not disclosing a sexual assault charge leveled against him. Wong described the allegation against him as a, quote, fantasy and claimed the case was never even investigated. It was my belief that there was no onus on me to speak on a fantasy allegation and a withdrawn charge against me, he said. 
This speaks to the cancel culture that knows nothing of innocent until proven guilty, which we've seen elsewhere in politics, sports, and society as a whole. And I think it's a shame that he was punished for something despite no proof against him. While I don't know that much about Vuong, I, I do think I, I like him. He's quite vocal on X, and I've quoted his posts before in articles. Something else that stood out to me, which you mentioned, is that Vuong initially supported Trudeau's invocation of the Emergencies Act, but then said that if he knew what he knew now, he would have opposed it. To me, this speaks to not only accountability of your mistakes, but also having the willingness and the ability to evolve in your thoughts and as a person, which is a characteristic that I feel many liberal politicians lack with their inability to admit their mistakes as seen with their continuance of the carbon tax, which is set to increase on April 1st, while Canadians are struggling. And we know now that it does not even affect emissions. I mean, with uh, Wong's desire to join the Conservatives, he's pretty much making a safe bet. I mean, if we just look at the polls, the Conservatives are leading by a huge margin. There could be a super majority situation. So why wouldn't he want to be in the Conservative caucus before the election takes place? I mean, independents don't really have uh, much of a shot or they rarely ever have a shot at getting back into office. So is Vuong's desire to join up with the conservatives, is it indicative of this momentum that the conservatives have? Yeah, Cosman, I suppose it is in a way uh, you'd assume that an independent looking to join a political party would likely want to join a party that they expect to win. And as you mentioned, if the recent polls we've seen stay true, the conservatives could win by a landslide. But of course, anything can come election day. University decolonization activists are musing about whether people need to, quote, die off for Canada to achieve equity. At a Monday talk on decolonization hosted by the University of Alberta's Anti-Racism Lab, an audience member asked Melinda Smith, the Vice Provost of Equity, Diversity and Inclusion at the University of Calgary, the macabre question. During the talk, Smith also said merit in academia was a form of, quote, whiteness, and mentioned the case of former Harvard president Claudine Gay, who left her position after reports that she had plagiarized in her academic work. We saw decolonization activists celebrate the October 7 Hamas attacks on Israel because they saw it as a form of decolonization. Does decolonization simply mean murder? Well, just to uh, clarify the comments in this, I think what the person was asking was whether, you know, these... Uh, white people need to die off and the you know subsequent generations need to fade before you know Canada can become some woke paradise where everybody is uh happy and and you know gets along which is just simply a fantasy it's that idea is not grounded in reality to really address this i mean we have to talk about what decolonization means and i think it is a valid question to ask whether decolonization does imply some sort of force or violence, because we know that these far left wackos are not afraid of using violence. They've even talked about openly about revolutionary violence. Right now, they're constrained, you know, they're afraid of the law and whatnot, but it's concerning when they start to use this kind of language to ask whether a whole group of people would should die off before their communist utopia can be uh, accomplished. And they always insist that this is not the case. But time and time again, 
you you find this language surfacing. So to me, that implies that this is just the underlying intent. They they can dress up their you know ideas all they want, but decolonization, you know, this idea that we need to give the land back, uh, is simply impossible in any realistic scenario without people using force, or rather the government using force, because that's what it would take. What if people don't want to give their land away? People who have lived there for generations, people who weren't even involved in uh, you know, colonization or their families were not involved in slavery or anything like that, what if they don't want to give it away, right? And this is what happens. They, they require an authoritarian system to achieve their goals. And that's why it is very, very troubling when our so-called leaders and when people in the highest levels of academia, highest levels of government at every single level, municipal, um, provincial, and federal buy into ideas of decolonization as if they are you know, uh, just like in vogue and they don't, sometimes I wonder if some of them aren't aware or they've been deluded into thinking that this isn't actually what they are talking about. But I, I suspect a lot of them are very well aware, but they just know that it would, wouldn't be publicly popular to say that, oh, we are going to use force to decolonize Canada. So, Cosman, why are universities promoting things like this? How has it been allowed to continue in universities across the country? One of the reasons I think this stuff is so widespread and promoted is because it's very easy to get by and appear intelligent and, you know, academic when you're using this language, when in reality, it's a whole bunch of bogus and rhetorical tricks and words that essentially mean nothing and when you ask these people to identify and define the terms they're talking about, they often get flustered because they don't really know what the definitions are. And the definitions in themselves are meant to confuse and are just a bunch of a verbal mishmash that essentially could mean anything. And so a lot of these professors and students who aspire to be in academia get by through their university education and in a lot of these departments, like, you know, in departments of sociology, arts, and other departments, just by speaking this language. And they're not actually presenting any real critical thoughts. They're just engaging in a sort of dialogue with these ideas, which are based on, on, on Marxist principles, right? Uh, Justin Trudeau says conspiracy theorists and social media drivers are to blame for the declining trust in legacy media. Trudeau made the comments in an interview on Real Talk with Ryan Jesperson, an Alberta talk show. A University of Oxford report on global media last year painted a bleak picture of the Canadian media landscape with a significant erosion of trust in traditional news sources. Data showed a staggering decline in trust towards traditional news outlets with only 40% of Canadians expressing confidence in their reporting. This skepticism is particularly pronounced among English-speaking Canadians where trust levels plummeted to 37% compared to 49% in French-speaking regions. Furthermore, concerns about government intervention in media regulation have exacerbated 
the crisis, with many questioning the impartiality and independence of publicly funded outlets like the CBC and others that have received government funding. The main point that came across to me is that Trudeau is complaining about a diversity of opinions online. He wants to see, he mentions CBC and CTV, one single narrative that is controlled by essentially a handful of companies that form Canada's media monopoly. Last time I checked, I think over 80% of the news companies in this country are owned by a select few conglomerates like Chorus Entertainment, Post Media, there's Black Press, and there's also the Saltwire Network on the East Coast. So who are these social media drivers and conspiracy theorists? And Isaac, why do you think the media is failing in Canada? Yeah, Cosman, the legacy media is failing Canada. When you have organizations that receive over $1.3 billion in funding from the federal government in a single year, like the CBC, it's hard to believe that these organizations can report without extreme bias. And we've seen that all, all legacy media are essentially just an extension of the federal government and its talking points thanks to this funding. It's no surprise to me that trust has plummeted with legacy media. I mean, even personally, I sometimes read certain articles that are written by the legacy media with clear bias and sometimes even straight out lies. And I, I just shake my head thinking to myself how these journalists who write this can live with themselves. But I imagine that their big paychecks are reason enough. As for what Trudeau was saying, again, I'm not surprised. He often seems to just return to basic talking points and buzzwords when talking about any subject. Conspiracy theories, climate change, LGBTQ, and others are among the talking points he'll return to when talking about any subject. I'm sure you've heard them all before. Unfortunately, I feel like the bias from legacy media and consequent decline in trust has played a large part in the industry as a whole's decline. Do you think that independent media will become the future of the industry or will legacy media have a chance to bounce back? You know, I don't think legacy media is going anywhere, at least for the time being. Uh, I, I think what's going to happen is just a shift. And it is, in my opinion, a really exciting time in the media, although the you know traditional news outlets uh, paint it like it's some big catastrophe. And, and I understand that it is for them. They're losing jobs, uh, you know, by the hundreds, if not by the thousands. But it's exciting because we're seeing a shift that was brought about by digital technologies, by the rise of social media. And that's it's it's akin to the shift that happened, you know, when television replaced radio. And, and it's not that we don't have radio companies anymore. We don't have radio shows anymore, right? We also have podcasts now, but radio still exists. So... There's going to be a correction that's happening because the legacy media has had such an oversized share of control over information, and now that control is correcting itself to uh, truly reflect what their influence actually is. And I would argue that their influence in reality is not as big as they make it seem. If you were to just watch legacy media, watch the news all day, you would think that they are, you know, the ones setting the narrative. They're the ones investigating all the stories, but that's not true anymore. Their influence has shrunk by several factors. But Isaac, as long as we have a liberal government, whether it's led by Trudeau or not, it'll be hard to tell. You know, there's been talk that he should step down. 
then we will always see the continuation of these handouts from the government and the bailout packages. And I think that's going to continue a decline in trust with Canadians. So how could traditional media hypothetically reverse this trend? And what will they have to do to gain back that trust? Well, Cosman, in my opinion, what they'd have to do is transition from a state-sponsored media that operates as an extension of the government to an unbiased reporter of factual news, but I don't see a reality where any legacy media would do this willingly. CBC is not going to stop accepting $1.3 billion a year in federal funding. Should they lose it, however, they could once again become the revered news organization that they once were, but obviously... Losing that much funding would cause the organization to have to transform in a very notable way. Are there any other ways you can see them regaining Canadians' trust, and will they? I think we'll see a lot more reporters, credible ones at least, you know, the veteran reporters who are still old-fashioned and, and believe in things like uh, non-biased reporting and, and delivering facts to Canadians who will actually uh, break off from the legacy media. Uh, or the companies that they work for because they're going to they know what's going to happen right like their 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 credibility is declining and that's going to reflect on them and they're going to start their own thing because now it's easier than ever to uh start your own publication you know there's Substack now you can do it on Twitter you can do it virtually anywhere and a lot of people are more trusting of those individual reporters than they are of the companies they work for. So I think we could see a scenario where it becomes much more decentralized and we'll have individual voices rather than these big brand media companies uh, talking to people. And to me, that's a good thing. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.